from Irish Arts Center. Hi, I'm Dirk Powell, a musician and composer from Lafayette, Louisiana, speaking to you from the banks of the Bayou Teche. Several months ago, as the world was altering itself in so many unforeseen ways, Irish Art Center reached out to me and told me about a project called Grasta, where they were commissioning 26 artists to create a piece inspired by the idea of finding grace in uncertainty. They asked many artists of many disciplines to consider the question whether anything good, any kind of hope, could come out of this seemingly bleak moment. I was so glad to get the call because I'd been reflecting on those things myself, asking the questions of whether or not we could find some meaning that would carry through the end of this era, things that would resonate with us and when we looked back, help this era not just be a time of loss and suffering, but something that changed our lives for the better and brought us ways of looking at life that had value. And I really wanted to explore that. So getting the opportunity to do so was a special thing for me and knowing that I would be collaborating with Irish Arts Center in the past, we'd had so many good experiences working together. And in thinking about how to proceed with that, I reached out to my friend Mike McGoldrick, who's one of the most soulful musicians I know, wonderful composer, alien pipe and flute player of Irish heritage living in Manchester in the UK. So when me and Mike started talking about it, we came up with some ideas that were both unique to our stories, but also had qualities that we thought could reach out to a general audience and bring something positive. But before we dig into that, I thought we could talk about this past year and what it's been like for us. Mike? Well, Dirk, it's, uh, it's certainly been uh, a very different year to the normal years we would have as a musician. Being home for a year and not touring, for me, would be six or seven months of the year taken away. So adapting to a new yeah. way of life and thinking out of the box of keeping myself occupied has been my biggest thing during the whole year so what I've been doing is a lot of community based stuff I've been helping a local Irish radio station that couldn't go into the studio so they did a, a live Facebook thing every week and I've been giving them a piece of music every week to play to boost the morale of the locals to the people that watch it and then I've been doing um, split screen songs with local musicians and then I've been learning the whole new world of editing afterwards which it's been Final Cut and iMovie and troubleshooting and all these kind of things. And the other thing is I've been visiting my parents every week and being their carer and looking after the shopping for them. And only recently in the last month as my, my father's been out for the first time because he's had the vaccine, homeschooling with the kids. And the positive thing is me and you getting to work on projects yeah. and there's lots of projects that are just left in the air at the minute that will finish when we get to meet people again how about you Dirk yeah it's been fairly similar definitely been taking care of the older generations and trying to help them and my mother as well just got the vaccine not too long ago and had her first hug in a year you know when you think about that going through your whole life and then suddenly no human touch or contact really for that length of time and it's been that kind of moment where I think a lot of the things that are the most important have come into focus and went from a moment of so much sort of exterior energy, everything going out and everything always being on the run and kind of moving and 
the world seeming so small that we could be anywhere, anytime, to a feeling of, wait a minute, yeah, there's roots here, and this, these roots are important. And then at the same time, like you said, connecting virtually more than ever. So it felt like being very local, but also more connected in other ways. So it's been quite a time. There's definitely an, a new thing I've learned. Well, it's not new, but working on, on your own, you realize that the, the thing I'm looking forward to the most is meeting people yeah. and playing music with other people yeah. because I've, I've found that, well, I'm not saying that my stuff isn't any good and I need to work with other people. I'm waiting to share the music that I've been writing with other people to interact with them and hear the, the, the music progress and develop. And I really, I can't wait. That If I was sat in a room with you, Dirk, we would bounce off each other and come up with new ideas. Yeah. And this has been a new way of approaching things. And, yeah. you know, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that cross-pollination, you kind of realise that it's really two or more becoming one and then something new coming from that, you yeah. end up lacking that. But at the same time, we've been able to do that from afar and that's been so exciting that's been one of the best things my father he's from the west of ireland and he moved to england in the 1950s with a lot of his fellow countrymen to work in construction and he met my mother he told me a story because he taught me music and my mother brought us to a music lesson every week on the bus and she and him brought us up with the irish culture even though we were living in england they brought us up very much um, playing Gaelic football, my sisters did the dancing and we did the music and he told me a story that when he was little he used to lie in the, the back field and just lie there and play his whistle and look up at the stars and hopefully one day dream of that this music will take him and travel and go to the concert halls and, and go to the dance halls and play music one day, you know, when he was a little boy which when he came to England he didn't continue on that, that dream but what he did was bring his family up, bring his kids up, and me and my brothers and sisters all played music. Yeah, I feel a very similar kind of gratitude for my grandfather, who the music that he gave me, it gave me everything. I, it gave me everything that I have. I, I, don't, I don't know what I would have. I wouldn't have my family. I wouldn't have my livelihood. I wouldn't have my friends. I wouldn't have this gift that he gave. And I know that we both share that, Mike. And, and also my grandfather, in a similar way, worked in a steel mill for 40 years. And I say it all the time, but I know you feel the same. I would have given anything to experience one night that we get to experience frequently. Absolutely. To be on stage in front of a big crowd and feel all that back. And they never, he never got to do it even once, much less night after night. So the debt is um, heavy, but at the same time, they never ask it to be paid. They just... The fact that you got to live it was a dream come true also. I have got huge thanks to my parents for, we didn't have much money at the time. We couldn't afford instruments, you know, expensive instruments, but they bought every record you could possibly think of. And they helped us buy, you know, instruments that they could afford. And they took us to music because we didn't have a car. So we went on the bus, whether it was raining, whether it was sleep, whether it was snow, you know, they brought us two times a week to play in the Cayley Band classes. And it was a, you know, sheer dedication that they brought us every week and we didn't miss a lesson and dad sat down and played music with us up to that point of saying you know saying thank you very much for everything you've given me and i mean i mean that from the from just every day when i play music yeah. i think I absolutely think, wow, you know and this year has been well a very 
big challenge. It's also been a chance to pay back some of that care, you know. Yep. Like you say, when they haven't been able to do things for themselves sometimes. And, of course, they do that for you when you're young your whole life and to get the chance to it's true. I mean, uh, pay some of that back. We've seen more of each other in the in the year. It's been, you know, yeah. even from a distance, you know, social distance from the door, dropping shopping off at the doorstep to now I'm in the bubble and, I, and I've been visiting, you know, me and my brothers and sisters. And I've been having the best time ever. I've been sitting with my parents and, and listening to them telling stories of when they first came to England and when they were going to clubs and mum singing. There was a great story. He said mum would walk into a bar and the landlord would come over and give mum a drink and say, Teresa, give us a song. And my dad used to say, what about my drink? <laughs> and the landlord would say, you're not singing. <laughs> he said, and your mum would start nice. singing. You know, it'd be a small backstreet terrace pub in the city centre of Manchester. And somebody would run across the road and say, Teresa Walsh is singing. Parents weren't married at the time. Teresa Walsh is singing in the pub. And he said, everybody, wow. all these Irishmen that were overworking on the building sites would come over to listen to these songs. My my mother was singing in the other bar. And the landlord knew. He knew if he bought my mum a drink, give it, wow. borrow it down, says, give us a song, there's a free drink. He knew he'd pull the other people from across the road in to come and listen to it. And that was a story I, I never heard before, you know. I, I yeah. said, well, I didn't know you did. She, oh, she says, yeah, she sang in all the pubs, you know, in the, in, the, in, the 60, in the 60s, yeah. So you get to find out new stories. Well, recording which star are you going to follow, which morphs into Waiting on a Greyhound, it's just been an experience that feels like it unifies so much of what we share, both in terms of what the music means to us in, in history and family and connection and all these other levels, but also experientially and things that we've we've shared. I mean, when you first told me that story about your dad lying in the field and saying, which star am I going to follow? Yeah, yeah. We were on tour in Ireland. We had a 10-day tour and just, just roaming the countryside, playing, you know, little venues, and it was such a magical time. And that story always resonated with me so much because I feel like we've been able to do what we do because of what, the previous generations offered to us. And, you know, it was wonderful to get your musical ideas, your your tracks and start to think, okay, we can really, we can make this something special, you know? When I read the lyrics, there's a part in it where he's looking up at the stars and reaching the stars in the palm of his hand. Uh, and straight away, I was, uh, I got it. The second half of it, Waiting for a Greyhound, which is a tune that I wrote, because my mother was in the hospital at that time in 2017, when I wrote that tune, I couldn't go get Mike and some other musicians in New Orleans as I was supposed to uh, at the airport. So they had to take the Greyhound over to Lafayette. And, you know, there's no more real way to dive into Louisiana than taking the Greyhound from New Orleans to Lafayette. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the real deal. And so it's really interesting the way that tune evolved. While I was waiting for Mike to get off the Greyhound bus, I just started whistling that tune, and I just came up with that tune in my mind and thought, oh, this would be a cool tune, Waiting for a Greyhound. And while that was going on, the, unbeknownst to me, he was actually recording the bus driver speaking in the bus, uh, announcing to the passengers the extreme punishment that would happen if the music was too loud, which is that they'd be asked to turn it down. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get harsh. You're going to be asked to turn it down. That's I'm right. telling you. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's the second half of this piece that we created coming out of which star are you going to follow? is that recording that Mike made on the Greyhound from New Orleans to Lafayette, and then the tune that I 
wrote while I was waiting for him to walk off the bus. Clutching my old mandolin, removing my coat to protect it from rain. Returning to the ground my father had tilled, old stones falling back into the land. Lying on my back in the old top field, holding the stars in the palm of my hand. Which star are you gonna follow? They were so close, but I never chose.
causing a vibrate. We don't want to disturb our fellow passengers as well as the drivers. You're listening to your music or playing your games. Please make sure you use your headphones for your listening pleasures only. If I hear music up there, it means it's too loud, I'm actually tone it down. All right, our first stop, Baton Rouge, 2.30, Lafayette, 3.50, they chose 5.20. Mike, it's such a pleasure to work on this piece with you and just shape it from the first few guitar notes through the entire thing that it became. And it's, uh, you know, I always know anything that we take on together, by the end, it's going to be something that, that has love in it. I know I've said that before, but that has an intention to bring something to people that's not mundane or not typical, but something that's going to hopefully have some positive influence. So, Dirk, the, the first time I ever heard your music, I said, you were playing Cajun music, and I said, you know, that music's got the same soul as the music that I was brought up with. Uh, it's an honour, really. Honestly, I, I really enjoy working on any project that you throw my way on, especially this one. It's It's been the start of something. I think we've Absolutely. started something. It would have been brilliant to have you in person. Anyway, that's what we'll look forward to, waiting for the Greyhound 2. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. And taking the Greyhound back to New Orleans. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm Rachel Gilkey, Director of Programming and Education at Irish Art Centre. My thanks to Dirk Powell and Mike McGoldrick for their terrific piece. We first got to know Dirk when he spent a week with us in residence in 2018 with Rhiannon Giddens and have enjoyed getting to know Mike through this project. Grosta, Grace and Uncertainty is a production of Irish Art Centre. Special thanks for our theme music, Ina Valley Rockin' the Boat by Marcin O'Connor, Cahill Hayden, and Patrick Doucet. Irish Art Centre is proud to present this podcast as part of Carnegie Hall's Voices of Hope Festival. Irish Art Centre digital programming is provided free of charge and supported by listeners like you. To make a tax-deductible contribution or to learn more about Irish Art Centre programming in our Grosta Commission series, visit irishartcentre.org. 
You can also sign up to receive alerts about the state-of-the-art new Irish Art Center opening in Hell's Kitchen later this year. That's irishartcenter.org. And thank you.